welcome back to episode 8 of Hot Takes with Hot People. I'm Emily Gable. I'm John David Lynch. And I am Mr. Aiken. Okay, to start us off, today is the first day of exams for most people. Some people have already taken them, like that are trying to skip school. But <laughs> Mr. Aiken proctored an exam today. What was the exam? It was Ancient Civilizations. Was so. that exciting to proctor? I mean, it's, it's eighth graders. Um, well, so, that's always fun. You know, eighth graders are always an interesting crew. Yeah. That middle school crew is still figuring things out. They're still young, so, you know, they try to act funny in certain ways or do goofy things, and it always pops up in, in little spurts in the classroom. So, you know, it's just about managing personalities and keeping an eye <laughs> on them. So it's really all it boils down to. Yeah. I've never taken that class. This is my first year here, and I'm like, I took all it. this, all the new classes are kind of odd to me. Yeah. So since you sub like all the different grades, what would you say like the main difference between subbing for each grade is? It's funny because, uh, in all honesty, there's so many similarities between seventh graders and twelfth graders that I don't think they themselves realize. The only difference that you see is obviously their age and their ability to have conversations in you know, different manners, but, you know, they still think and do some of the, the same dumb things that seventh and eighth graders do. Um, you know, so there's there's a lot of similarities, but then there's also some, some big differences as well. Um, the conversations that seniors can have are, you know, a little bit well, more, more thought out or well thought out, um, you know, versus seventh and eighth graders who like the, the goofy humor that, you know, mm -hmm. sometimes comes up, so. Do you say ninth graders are well thought out? Um, they're more well, they're, they, they've got <laughs> more of an understanding than I think some of the seventh and eighth yeah. graders do for the most part. So you can kind of see uh, as as the year progresses and as you sub different classes, the, the growth that happens from that seventh grade crew all the way up through the 12th grade crew, so. I get the pleasure of, you know, certain teachers only teach certain grades or certain subjects, so they only get to see kids in certain windows, but I get the experience of seeing them go from 7th grade to 8th grade to ninth grade to 12th grade, so, you know, you see more of their growth throughout the year and throughout their time here at Marist, which I think puts me in a unique position um, outside of, of some of the teachers, so... This is very interview-like. I like that. I like the in-depth answers. That was that was really good. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of information. Um, okay, so since you're subbing a bunch of exams, sorry, I'm very interested in exams right now. Yeah, yeah. When you had exams in high school, how does that differ from the exams here? Do you think? Um, we had so our exams were different in the sense that we didn't have them during the specific period. So the way you guys have it set up now is you go to your class period and you take your exam in that period. We had specific days where it was like, okay, science, sciences are gonna be this day, maths are gonna be this day, English is gonna be this day. And the way it was set up is there was a proctor in the hallway that was capable of answering questions based on that class. So say for example, if you know, uh, let's see, Miss Mandy was my teacher back in the day for environmental science. I know she still does environmental science, but she also did some biology classes and different things as well. So, you know, say for example, she had, 
90 to 100 of her students taking biology exams at that time, she would be out in the hallway, there would be teachers proctoring the exams, and then anybody who had questions could come and talk to her. Mm -hmm. So that's originally how it used to be set up. Um, and they actually switched away from that because it just made more sense to have the teacher in that specific classroom and let them take the exam on that day instead. So I actually prefer the schedule as it is now um, than I did when I was at, in, in school here. So it's, it's definitely a major upgrade. I know some people, some people agree with me, some people don't. I think there's definitely a, a vast majority who would like to see the, the schedule changed, but I prefer it than what it was when I was here, so. Okay. That's, that's good. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know to say to that. What's the like, main <laughs> difference you'd say from when you went to high school here versus now? Like some of the things that are different? Um, for one, the classes that are offered. I mean, mm -hmm. never in a million years would I have thought that there was a podcasting class mm -hmm. or, you know. The electives even, are even so going in, now. Exactly. Even going into NBC, you, you know, you guys have the actual cameras that mm -hmm. people use for, you know, um, the live television stuff. I mean, we. Did they have the seventh and eighth grade classes when you were here? Um, which ones? Like. I know when my mom was here in high school, they didn't mm -hmm. have seventh and eighth grade. It was just a high school school. Do they? So seventh yeah. and eighth grade, I came in as a okay. seventh grader. Okay. Um, things are a little bit different in terms of how, you know, homeroom is done and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like there's some tweaks there. But yeah, I mean, mainly the extracurricular, you, mm -hmm. you know, classes that you can take are, are way more extensive than they were. I mean, a music tech class, I would have 100% taken a music <laughs> tech class had I been, you know, in school uh, during the time when, when it was here. I mean, this entire lower section of the library used to be called the dungeon. And the reason it was called the dungeon was because it was a massive cement wall with very little windows. So when you got down here, it was dark. There were lockers <laughs> everywhere. It, you know, it was not anywhere near what it is now. There's so many glass windows, the sunlight comes in in different areas, you know, it's just, it, it's a lot more open and a lot, a lot more, it, you know, uh, and, and again, because it's open, it gives you more opportunity for, I mean, the robotics room is, is a million times better than it mm -hmm. was when I was here. You know, um, Ivy is a million times better than what it was when I was here. It used to be old Kurt Gymnasium, which <laughs> if you don't know what that looked like, the the <clears throat> ivy I, I guess in the middle of the gym if you look up and they have the old flooring from kurt that's what the entire gymnasium floor looked like mm -hmm. so it was that dark old wood that had been there for you know years um was there they had these old rolled out um you know it was similar to centennial how they had the bleachers that would roll out and push away, except these were manual. You had to manually roll them out. There wasn't a machine that could, you know, push the bleachers in and out. And then there was this massive upper section as well uh, that, you know, were these old rickety bleachers that, you know, at any given point in time, it felt like they were going to topple over. Um, there was also, you know, the locker rooms were not anywhere. It, it's just everything's so much nicer now mm -hmm. um, than than when I was here in terms of some of the things that they've spent money towards, which is fantastic. The the growth that they've had in such a short, well, I guess 10 years is not really that short of a period of time, but it yeah. feels short. 
So like the the gym, you all hate the le- the most, the one by the swimming pool over there. Layered. Oh, layered. Oh I'm God. okay with that gym. No, <laughs> my old, you go in there and there's like mold and stuff. But like, and, like my old middle school, we had one gym and they didn't redo the floors for like almost half a decade. <laughs> and we'd play like basketball, volleyball. <laughs> half the time we played soccer in there sometimes too. But, like I do swim and they tell us and we'll use that as like a bullpen sometimes where everyone goes in there, especially when we have like a lot of other schools here. Mm. And they tell us we have to wear shoes in there because otherwise you could get like a foot infection from being in there. Well, part of that too is because of uh, because wrestling goes on the, yeah, in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, the way wrestling works is they have to constantly clean those mats in order to prevent you know staff and stuff like that so you know part of it is i think that as well that there's a lot of other activities that go on in there so it's important to i mean it's important to wear shoes anywhere you walk into but i think that may may play a factor into um you know them telling you to definitely make sure you're wearing shoes um but i think uh I think Laird is due for an update. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm okay with it, though. You know, and I, I think someone, I like someone who, who had Laird, um, <laughs> you know, when I was in school here, it's it's almost like an old relic, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You know, I walk into Laird and there's memories. so many memories that <laughs> yeah. kind of flood in, you know, of, of my time here mm-hmm. as, as a student. And so, you know, there's... Did you guys have the pool when you were here? We did. We did. Okay. Um, no, the pool what, really? was like the pool was like pretty brand new. Mm-hmm. Um, that was that was actually one of the big yeah. pieces that had just gotten built when we were here. So wait, when did you come to school here? I graduated in 2013. So my first year would have been 2000, uh, 2008 or nine. That's when I was born. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. So I think that was my seventh grade year. Um, was when I came in then and they had the pool and it was relatively updated but obviously they've done some new things um, Mm -hmm. to the pool since then but you know we we had beginning swimming which I took two years in a row um, counted as PE they didn't have advanced swimming yeah so no, all the classes take that like if you take it there's seniors in there beginning swimming is one of the best classes I took so that's cool. I just don't like taking it and then you like have like wet chlorine hair the rest of the day. Like I didn't like that. No, oh, yeah. I mean we we always had enough time to just shower yeah. afterwards. So mm-hmm. we would shower and then you know, that would always solve that problem. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I think I think Laird is definitely due for an update. But like I remember so I was on the ninth grade basketball team and uh-huh. we'd always have like odd times because we'd be like the fourth in line for like spots. Right, right. So we had like at eight o'clock on like a Tuesday, and we go in the in that bathroom in the layered. Yeah, they have like individual shower stalls. Is that the only like? <clears throat> I don't think I don't. Yeah, they don't have that anymore. anywhere else. Uh, it's just in there. But I, I also uh, I don't know which which locker room specifically you're talking about. Because um, to be honest with you, in layered, we never used that space. Um, because we had Kurt, and then um, you know, again, I took beginning swimming, so we would shower in the the swimming locker the rooms. swim locker rooms, right? So it's a big campus. Yeah. So anytime, anytime we showered, there actually used to be a, a designated soccer locker room in Kurt um, that we would use, and there were showers. There were showers in there, so mm-hmm. that's cool. You know, most of us would shower there, or 
we got access to, um, I mean, we were in Centennial was the other option, um, that Centennial locker room, because there wasn't as much conflict as there is today between basketball and soccer. There was always a couple of mm -hmm. week overlaps, but you know, basketball big, yeah. would pretty much be finished by the time soccer was starting. And so it was a pretty easy and, transition. And you were like a big uh, soccer athlete, right? Soccer was, was the sport I definitely yeah. uh, played the most while so I was here. So what position were you? Um, I played center back. Center but back. I think I kind of got moved wherever I was needed, um, mm -hmm. which, you know, I was fine with. It's not, it doesn't matter what position you play. I think it's, it's important as you do what you need to do for the team. So that was kind of my philosophy and my, my, my process. What yeah. made you want to become a Maris soccer coach? Um, well, honestly, the, the opportunity presented itself um, when I came here and, you know, I, I had always wanted to try to take the route of high school soccer, um, specifically because I think it, it gives you a little bit of wiggle room to be able to work some outside jobs as well, mm -hmm. because, you know, what I do here is only part of what I do, because then the moment I go home, there's a whole other, you know, outside job that I have as well, coaching club soccer. So, mm -hmm. you know, I've been doing, I've been in that realm for almost 10 years now, coming up pretty close on 10 years. Right when I started you graduated. Coaching, yeah, right when I graduated in 2013, I started coaching right away as an academy coach for club soccer. And then I also helped out as the assistant varsity coach with um, Coach Murphy. So Coach Murphy was my coach growing up. Um, from ninth through 12th grade when I played on varsity. And then the moment I graduated, he immediately asked me to come back and help coach out, coach with that as well. So I did varsity coaching for two or three years. My senior year of college, I ended up going down and helping with the seventh and eighth grade team. And that was where I got to know the class. As I came in as an Amherst employee, that was the class that I coached when they were seventh or eighth graders. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I knew all of those guys really well already just coming in because of soccer. Mm -hmm. So it made, it made for a pretty smooth transition in, in regards to getting to know some of the, the kids on campus. Um, but yeah, it's been, you know, it's been nice so far. And um, I, I'm just kind of continuing to do the work necessary for that, um, you know, in terms of there's licensing classes you can take mm -hmm. for coaching courses, and then I'm also um, going to be starting my master's this summer. Ooh, for what? Um, I'm doing uh, kinesiology with a focus in coaching. Oh, that's um, it's like the movement of the body, right? Yeah, so it's similar to um, you know what the athletic trainers use um, in regards to making sure you know from a muscle standpoint that you know they're paying attention to all the different muscle parts of your body and how they react or respond to different you know events and different things like that so there's it's a whole slew of of different classes that we'll take i think one of the ones i'm really excited about is sport pedagogy which is like kind of the overarching um uh understanding of how different sports w or how they began you know the philosophy behind them all, all different things so there's there's a couple cool classes i'm excited about um but yeah so it's That's a year a year-long program starts this summer it'll end at the end of next summer oh so you'll be busy yeah so i'm really busy next yeah, year we're we're pushing pushing out the work so just put my put my head down and doing what i got to do to make sure i take care of everything what's your uh most favorite memory from the 10 years of coaching just like 
Oh. Or like, what's a really great moment you've had? I think I can't pin it down to one exact great moment, but I think some of my favorite moments are whenever we play in tournaments for club soccer, there's always those, you know, sometimes they go really, really well, and sometimes they don't go that great. And the times that they go great are, you know, some of the most fun times because anything could happen. I mean, we had, I had a team who had not won a game all season long. And part of it was, you know, we just, some of them were just out there for fun. They didn't necessarily care about winning. But on the flip side, that's all their parents cared about yeah. was winning games. So, you know, there was kind of this disconnect between what the kids were trying to accomplish, which was just, hey, my friends are out here. I enjoy playing. I enjoy coming out to practice. And I'm not necessarily worried about winning and losing games versus parents who were like, no, we need to win games. You know, why aren't we? Why aren't we winning games? Da, 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 all that jazz. So, you know, I was constantly in a battle back and forth. And we get to the end of the season tournament, and we won our first game. And everybody was like, oh, my gosh. First one. You know, we, we won 5-2. This is amazing. So then second game, we play an even harder team. And I'm not even kidding you. There's kind of this, like, terminology we use where the, the soccer gods are shining upon us, you know, situation where if something happens. Like just, golden foot. Yeah, yeah, like something works out. So this was one of those moments. The defender on the other team turned to pass the ball back to the goalkeeper, and the goalkeeper whiffed, and the ball rolled into the back of the net because we were not very good at scoring goals. That was our biggest struggle. And so this team, who was levels better than we were in, you know, a few divisions higher than we were as well, made a major made a major mistake, and we yeah. end up winning that game one nothing. <clears throat> and so. That's how we scored the goal was the center back played the ball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so that's our second game, and we, we get to play three games to determine whether we make it to the fourth game, which is the final. And so we're two games in, and the kids are like, oh, my gosh, the, this is happening. Like, this is crazy. And so we get to the third game. We end up winning that one again. We make it to the final, and we win the final four to two and end up taking home, you know, a trophy, which – was a huge deal for everybody. They said, oh, my gosh, Whoa. what a way to end the season. <laughs> That's actually a really good you know, story. Going 0-10 and, and then out of nowhere, you know, going 4-0 and in a tournament was, you know, the highlight of everybody's, I guess, season. So, you know, in my head, I'm like, listen, that's great. I'm glad we could end on it, you know, but it wouldn't have bothered me. Yeah. Either way, whether we won or lose, because again, the kids were enjoying themselves. They were See, having fun. See, that's what a good coach is, though. So. It's just like we're out there to have fun. We all enjoy the sport. Yeah, well, it's winning not about... would be nice. Yeah. <laughs> Win winning is nice, but it's you know, it's one of those things that that comes with the success mm -hmm. of you know doing the right things. So I think it's I think it's an important aspect of the game. But if you're not focusing on building the character and building on the skills and the foundation that players need in order to be successful then the winning is is cheap in my opinion i would prefer losing every game a season and seeing a player go from being able to you know not even juggle a ball or not even dribble to at the end of the season being able to dribble and beat players and and you know be more effective that's a huge win for me that's you know again what what we try to what we try to build on and those players over the course of time, the more effort and practice that they're putting in, will see the wins start to come their way. But, you know, again, you can't, 
I'm not going to force a player who doesn't know what they're doing into a situation where I'm just going to say, hey, listen, I know you don't know what you're doing, so I'm going to put you in this box, and all you're going to do is is everything in this box because that's going to guarantee us a win. You, you know, I'm, I'm not that type of coach, which I think there's a lot, especially in the club scene, there's a lot of coaches who that's the main focus is, can we win games? You know, we want to smash teams 16, 17, nothing, regardless of whether it's actually benefiting the players. You mm-hmm. know, if I wanted to, I could go out for a U9 soccer game where there's a bunch of eight-year-olds playing who can't tell, you know, their left foot from the mm-hmm. right foot. I could pick up a kid who's, you know, almost six foot already as an eighth grade or as an eight-year-old, you know, somebody who's matured obviously much faster than everybody else, pick them up, throw them on the field and just say, hey, just sprint forward and kick the ball in the goal and do that all season long. And we could probably win, you know, all of our games doing just that. But what is that kid gaining yeah. from that experience? He's learning one, you know, one skill or one kind of tool that at some point in his career may end up not even working for him anymore. Because once everybody else catches up athletically, physically, mentally, you know, he's so comfortable doing that one thing now that he knows nothing else. So he has no other ability that he brings to the table, and that player will will end up dropping off later in his career because he's been so molded into that box of just, hey, win us games because we want to look really good right now. It's like, okay, well, you know, what's the point of looking good now if, you know, they have the potential to be even better when they get older, you know? I'll win a game, I'll lose a game 16 nothing at U9, and I will, I will focus on everything but the score of the game. Did we try anything new? Did we, you know, did we feel like we learned something? You know, did we have fun? That's, that's what's important, you know. So that's kind of the, the way I approach the game. From subbing and from being a soccer coach, do you have any, like, funny stories you want to tell? <coughs> oh, geez. I'm sure there's a lot from subbing. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's... There's definitely a lot. I, I don't know. I think it's I think it's just fun to come in and sub a class and give give an opportunity for kids to <clears throat> have a little bit of freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously, if there's an assignment that they have, they need to take yeah. care of it. But you know, being able to have a conversation with kids or you know, lighten up their mood a little bit yeah. is always a nice thing for me because uh, I mean, there's some parallels to what I do in the soccer world you know, to what I bring to the table to the subbing world as well. You know, it's like, listen, school, yes, is important, but, you know, are you having fun? Did you, you know, talk to some friends today? Did you, you know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. there's this kind of balance that that I think is important for the kids to have. And obviously there's some kids who, who do tend to balance a little bit more of that fun side <laughs> versus the school side. That always mm-hmm. happens, but, you know, can I kind of bring in a little bit of that healthy balance is, is Sometimes what I try to do as mm-hmm. a sub, so, you know, there's a little bit more than just sitting in a classroom yeah. and just, you know, uh, let, letting them do their thing. And, and you know, I do kind of take some of this stuff into account as, I, as I'm in a classroom or, you know, thinking about what's going through some of their heads and, and what might be going, going on in their day. So. Mm-hmm. My favorite class that you subbed was when the other week when you subbed our bodycon class and like we had a free day that day and we just played hide and seek and then we figured out that they had exams in there so we had to go <laughs> find the people that were hiding yeah. <laughs> and we were all going along as a class and like we were playing sardines so it's like 
there's two people hiding. We were all looking for them. And the whole class was like looking for these two people. <laughs> and then we found them and then we went to Laird and we're with the kids. Yeah. Yeah. That was, it was fun really one. fun. Yeah. Well, and, and that was like a, a perfect storm of a bad day because we were supposed to go outside yeah. to play and it kickball was raining. and it was raining. Mm -hmm. And so then we went into Kurt and there was already two, two classes in the Kurt gym. And then, you know, we were like, okay, well, let's just do, because the, the, like, carpet was out on the hardwoods, too, at the basketball court. Mm -hmm. So it's not like we could have used Centennial Gym either. So, you know, they came up with the idea to play that game, and uh, I was like, all right, well, we'll play it. <laughs> and then they go and start hiding, and I just double-checked that, you know, there wasn't testing going on. And lo and yeah. behold, they were like, uh, no, they're testing up here still. So I was like, okay, well, we got to leave Centennial. <laughs> so we end up in Laird, and all the little kids are playing around in Laird. And I was like, well, this is, <laughs> you know, uh, we're not going to get out badminton in front of all these little kids. Yeah. Let's just, you know, we'll just hang out for a bit. And they, they were fine with it anyway, so it ended up working out on that day. But That's nice. You know, it's like That's the perfect really storm of, of worst-case situation for me you know trying to make sure that i'm getting them to do something productive it's like okay well the the world is just telling them yeah. to, yeah, to so have a have it breather for this period so i was yeah, like that's do nothing. yeah i'm, I'm kind of picking up on, on on what's being put down here <laughs> yeah i get that um okay this is really off topic uh -huh. what kind of yeah we're moving on to like the random questions okay random question time um have you seen ted lasso and if so who's your favorite character and third part of that if you could be a character, what character would it be? Um, it, you don't need to give names, just kind of like ish, like main guy or... So, I'll put it this way. Favorite character is definitely Jamie Tart. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> watching his, and I don't want to give too much of it away for anybody who's, who's listening. I don't know how many listeners you guys get, but anybody, <laughs> how many? Um, we have, I don't uh, know. We have like we 200. Have like 200. Yeah. yeah, for that's wow. I don't that's not like that's people like, following it, but like people just starting it who've like listened to like a second or more. Yeah, that's just no, second. no, it's like it's that's like, like four hundred. Yeah, oh. <laughs> but, the, <laughs> but like people that listen to the full episode, it's, it's like two hundred. It, it drops off a little bit. Yeah, it does. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I, I'll put it this way: he's had a lot of character growth, and yeah. without giving too much away, he, he, you hate him at the beginning. And then you learn to love him as as the season goes. So he's he's my favorite character. I think the character I uh, it, it's funny because personality wise we're not very similar, but I think I tend to kind of become him in some instances. Is uh, Roy Kent? Oh, I love that guy. I think that's <laughs> I love that guy. I think that's the character. If I was in the show, have you seen this, Emily? No. Oh, oh okay. We gotta look this up. He's like the most angry, but best character. Let's see. Roy. Because he's a, he's a softy to his yeah. core, but his external shell is very hard, very rigid. He, you know, he's there's a fandom on him. What the? That's <laughs> YouTube. Best of Roy Kent. We might get copyrighted for this. <laughs> well, the the language is very uh, yeah, very <laughs> English, so okay. Um, might need to keep that in mind. It's on. Okay. Oh wait, I've seen that guy before. Yeah, that, no, that's Ted Lasso. You're looking at that mustache man. That's him. That's him. Yeah. He looks very angry. He is always angry. <laughs> yeah, that's that's his that's his shtick. Is he's he's yeah. constantly angry, but the more you get to know him, he's he's got mm -hmm. a softer core to him. Um, 
I mean, part of the show, he's, you know, obsessed with his niece and will do anything and everything for her. And, you know, yeah. a lot of people, like, kind of give her, kind of give him a hard time for it. And he's always like, uh, didn't she say that one more time? See what happens. Yeah. Did, you know, didn't he coach character. her team or something? He did. He yeah. did. He coached her little league team, and uh, that was the, the fun, really funny. Principal had to come up and say, "Listen, you can't call the kids that. We appreciate you <laughs> coming out, but you know, you you got to watch your language around the kids." And he still kind of dances on that line of, mm-hmm. of using his. Like, his you slide tackle that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like, you gotta get stuck in. Like he's, <laughs> you, you know, got a little bit of that that attitude to him, 100. percent Okay, so, if you could have coffee with any historical figure, which one would it be? Or alive, dead, or like current? Pep Guardiola. Who's that? I don't yes. know. No, I was just gonna ask that too, but I feel like I never know. <laughs> so <laughs> Pep Guardiola is the current head coach at Manchester City, Uh-oh. and was the, was oh, the head it. coach at um, Barcelona for. Oh wait, I've seen this guy. I've seen this. Oh sorry. <laughs> uh, he's super bald. He's super bald. Yes. Oh, there's some with hair though. Back in, I think he's so he's such a age. brilliant mind that all of his hair has just slowly yeah. left his head. <laughs> yeah, I've heard him. I've seen him celebrate. He goes, like, yeah, he gets into it. He's really so he really into he it. played uh, for Barcelona when he was playing professionally, mm-hmm. and then made a pretty seamless transition into their coaching staff. And his run with Barcelona is some of the best, if not one of the most iconic runs of soccer anybody's seen because he he changed the game in such a way that, you know, people had never seen the game being played that way before. Like, like 2012 Barcelona? Yeah, and he they were dominating teams. I mean, you could not take the ball from any of the players on his team, and you just had to – some teams would just have to sit and watch them just – casually play possession around all of your players you could try to win it didn't matter they would find a way to just pass around you and so a lot of it was these just triangles that you would see all over the field of three or more uh, of three players around one or sometimes it would be you know you would end up with four or five who would build you know two triangles or three triangles into separate spaces and there's just so many different connections that that could that they could make on the field that allowed them to be so effective and win as much as they did i mean it was it's an he's an unbelievable coach and an unbelievable person too and i would 100 percent love to sit down and just chat with him and pick his brain what what do you ask him though be like so what made you think like this or like (laughs) can you pick down this play for me i think some of my my first question would be what do you what do you think is the most important thing for a coach to focus on at the academy level? Uh-huh. What are what are some things uh, specifically? You know, because again, I, I coach younger kids. Mm-hmm. Um, like what so, ages? I mean, it could be anywhere from U nine to to U eighteen, U nineteen. Um, you know, there there was a couple of kind of rule changes that came into play through GHSA that don't allow me to coach club players um, at the high school level anymore because I coach high school. Mm-hmm. So I have to stick to the younger kids now, which is fine. Um, it, you know, if, if you ask me what I prefer, I definitely prefer the older age groups. Mm-hmm. Um, but <clears throat> I've worked with so many different age groups, it's not, you know, mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily affect things. But, but yeah, so I would ask him just in general, you know, specifically the groups that I work with, what are some of the big things he thinks I should focus on and, you know, just talk about 
players in general, you know, what it takes to make it to that professional level, what separates, you know, the kids that I'm working with versus, you know, the kids that they work with, um, you know, just getting his feedback on certain stuff. And I guarantee the conversation would just build from there. I would then, he'd say something that I would probably want to ask a question about. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, like, like this know. podcast. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, I've got, I, I definitely have a lot to talk about and I'm not one to shy away from, you know, <laughs> communicating so mm-hmm. it definitely makes That's it perfect easy. for a podcast though <laughs> yeah uh, i've been told i should start one but yeah with him i gotta i gotta figure <laughs> what it out what would you call it if you started one it would definitely be a soccer podcast mm-hmm. um I, I think i i kind of dabbled on the idea of just inviting coaches or players and just kind of asking questions getting feedback but uh, my problem is i would want to separate mine from current podcasts mm-hmm. that are similar to that because i you know there's a podcast called 433 and that's exactly what they do they ask professional coaches and athletes you know mm-hmm. about the mental aspects of the game you know about their life and what you know they did that put them down that path and you know it's like yeah yeah everybody's done that before what could i do differently so it hasn't really n- nothing's really clicked yet as far as you know that goes but who knows? Maybe maybe something will pop up in my head, and I'll be like, "Oh, you know what? That's that's the separation. That's the that's the the game changer that could, you know, attract a lot of attention yeah. because it's not something that's currently mm-hmm. provided in that market because the market is so saturated. Just yeah, with, there's so many. Podcasts. I mean, yeah, you can find a podcast <laughs> yeah. for literally anything, you know, and the ones that take off, it's kind of just how you know how structured they are or how high quality their stuff is. Or just random. Yeah. Or like, how, yeah, or Rogan, how, Joe how good just, they are. It's a random guest every but time. But he also has, like, his name brand that, like, helps him get on Right, and, and that's that was kind of the piece yeah. of the puzzle because when he was first starting yeah. out, you know, I mean, he was still few, a big deal. Yeah. Um, because in, of the in, MMA. In the, well, mm-hmm. because of the MMA. MMA, but he was also a comedian, and so yeah. mm-hmm. his comedian kind of network is what built into his podcasting realm, and he's, he's able to interview random people who yeah. are but but you know we say random because it's just the topics are always different mm-hmm. but the people that he always interviews are always you know like experts. they're they're super polarizing yeah. or they're experts in in some kind of field so you know he attracts so much attention because he could end up you know it's like one week he has a certain group that hates him and then another week it's like a different group that yeah. hates him you know what i mean because because of the people he brings on so um, he, he's interesting just from from that aspect, but you know, I don't I don't have that kind of platform to just be able to call on. <laughs> it's okay. You know, some you random, you can some get random celebrity. You know what I mean? So we I think can get I, you up, p- hooked up with Joe Rogan. We can get you yeah. on there. Sure. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, maybe maybe uh, Bobby Perez. I'll call him right now. No, Mr. Perez. <laughs> oh yeah. Maybe we'll get Mr. Perez on. <laughs> celebrity so, yeah. yeah okay I'm sorry can we wrap this up yeah. my yeah, sister's absolutely. screaming at me on my text okay. no worries but well thank really you hungry. so much for coming on yeah absolutely um, you're Maris' favorite sub and coach so <laughs> thank you <laughs> appreciate it um, make sure to follow and rate our podcast on Apple and Spotify and that's episode for this and week and possibly support Mr. Aiken's future yeah. podcast <laughs> thank you we'll see